Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. He's broken every single chain in Jesus' name. That's right. Well, are you ready for the word tonight, honey? I'm ready. I'm excited. Really? Yes. Come I'm on, excited. somebody. Let's He's jump. Drop some wisdom bombs tonight. <laughs> and so is she. Together, we are going to be the tag team duo <laughs> in Jesus' name. Come on now. Well, hey, listen. It's not too late to invite somebody to church. So again, I know I tell you this every time. But listen, one share can lead someone to Jesus. And so if you're watching this on Facebook, press that share button. Be a social media evangelist. You never know. God might use it. And uh, somebody might come to know the Lord tonight. So we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff in the book of Ephesians. In fact, the road we're going to take tonight, I believe it's going to minister to you. But more importantly, as you get better in God, everyone around you is going to get better in the Lord as well. And so um, we're going to jump into that. Also, if you're on, on YouTube, uh, grab the link, just copy it, text it to somebody, and say, yo, come watch, come to church with me, and uh, let God use that. Don't forget to like our Facebook page. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so yet. And that way we can be connected with one another. Do that. So grab your Bibles. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians. And so get your notes out. And uh, we are going to take some notes tonight because note takers are? That's right. World shakers. That's right. And so we are going to. World changers. World shakers. I say world shakers. It rhymes better. Note takers are world shakers. Come on now. Have a seat. Wait, shakers are changers. (laughs) Whatever you like it to be. Come on now. Write both of them down. You like them both? I like them both too. So uh, grab your Bibles, and like I said, we're going to go through chapter number two tonight, and uh, we're going to read the verses, and then we will pray, and then we will go verse by verse, precept upon precept, line by line, and break this down. I've been, I've been having a fantastic time doing this uh, Bible study. Uh, of course, I love reading my Bible, and um, I love that we get to study it together with you and our church family. And uh, hopefully, you know, feel free to read ahead, by the way. It's not like a novel or something, but read the whole book of Ephesians. And uh, I'm sure as you're going to have some questions, that way when we read it, you're like, that's what that meant. And uh, we can jump into that together. And then by the time you take your notes, I'm like, people are going to be writing their own commentaries. You can have your own commentary on the book of Ephesians. You could just send someone say, here, read my notes, and it'll break down the book of Ephesians uh, for you. So, um, awesome. Y'all ready? If you're ready, I want you to type the words, I'm ready. Come on, let me see who's ready. ready. I want you to type it in. I'm going to see your comments over here to the right. And uh, hello, Paul uh, Cumber. Hello, uh, Vanessa Montano. Hello, Sol Nieves. They're all, they're on fa- on YouTube. And hello, Rosalie. Hello, Daniel. Uh, Anaya. Hello, James. Uh, James Ryan Jameer. I, I don't know your middle name was Ryan James, but what's wow. up? Okay, come on now. Much better. Hello. Uh, who else on here? Melissa Acuna. Hello, Keyshawn. What's up? So God's good. Y'all ready for the word? All right, let's read it. We're going to read Ephesians chapter number two, and we're going to go through verse number uh, twenty-two. So we're going to read all the verses. That way we make sure, actually, no, I want you to read Ephesians 8 through 10, and then we're going we're gonna to journey through the rest of the verses. 8 through 10. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, then we'll pray, and then we'll jump into this together. Go ahead, honey, read it for me, if you may. Okay, here we go. 8 through 10, mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. A gift of who? God. So it is a gift from God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. It's for, a, salvation is a gift. That's right. 
For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love how the New, Trans New Living Translation puts verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus. Tonight I want to talk to you from Ephesians about how God wants to design us. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is already anointed. It is already blessed. It is our mind that needs anointing and understanding of your word. So tonight, speak to us. As we open your word, we are opening your thoughts, the thoughts of God, the word of God. And Lord, let them translate into our mind, into our soul, and into our spirit that we may never, ever, ever be the same and we would become the men and women you've called us and created us to be. We declare it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody says amen, amen and amen. So good. Thank you so much, worship team. Well, tonight, you know, we come upon the scriptures and I really want to um, spend some time on verse 10. Before I do get there, the scripture says that it is for grace that we have been saved, not by works, but by it's a gift from what Jesus did on the cross. And I just want to tell you is that Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. I want you to write that down. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. There is nothing that we can do to receive the salvation that comes from God. There is no amount of good works that you and I could do that will allow us to enter heaven. Now that is a very important theological uh, statement because there are some false religions out there that would say the more works you do, the way you can earn your way to heaven. But no works, no works that we do can cover us of our sin. We all need a savior. We need the forgiveness of sins and we need to repent and come to the knowledge that Jesus uh, is our savior who is gonna make us anew and make us brand new. So you need to know that, that if you come from any church background um, persuasion or any other doctrine that tries to tell you that you need to earn your way to heaven, that is false doctrine. When you receive Jesus, you receive salvation. It is the gift of God. Now, salvation is free, but I always said this, discipleship will cost you. Come on. Hello. <laughs> so when you receive Christ, Jesus, come into my heart and change my life. You are saved. When you die, you're on your way to heaven. But it is possible to be on your way to heaven, but live in hell every day. My God. I'll say it again. It is possible to be on your way to heaven, but to live in hell every day. That's and this so is somebody who got saved, but they still have defeating strong, mental strongholds. Yes. This is somebody who got saved, but they still got addictions. They still got uh, bad habits. They still got weights. They still got a bad attitude. They still got a bad perspective. They haven't activated their gift of faith. They haven't, you know, they're saving faith, but then there's miracle faith. You know, there, there's, there's faith for, your, for you to be saved, but you need to have faith also for your family member to be saved. Does that make sense? And so as believers, we're not just trying to get saved. We're trying to be discipled. We're not just, I, I, I say it like this, we're not just trying to get to heaven. We're trying to be heaven down to earth. Okay, so, so as we're living our life, because we're going to get into this next verse here, the Bible, Paul is reminding the church in Ephesus that, hey, you are saved because of Jesus. That's it. However, verse 10, he says, you are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? So it almost seems like a paradox. Wait, you just said that I'm not saved by works. Why are you telling me I have to do works now? Because you're not saved by your works, but you are saved to do some good works. Amen. 
As I say, so do good in the hood. Come on, someone put hashtag good in the hood. Just write that hashtag good in the hood, all right? So, so, so you got to understand this because some people, they, they, they get this confused. Oh, pastor, you're making me, you know, you're trying to preach a works-based salvation. I'm just trying to rest in the grace of God so I don't do nothing for God. I just sit in my chair in church. I just, you know, living in, nah. no, listen. The Bible says you're created to do good works. You know what? We should put the dream team application right now in go. the comment That's section. Right. The Bible says God created you to do good and to build the kingdom. Mm. So I want to spend some time talking about this. Now, in a moment at the end of the service, I, I don't want to go too fast here. I had a, a cup of coffee. so you know, but, 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 but here's what you got to know is we'll have a moment to give your life to Jesus. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, we'll talk about that in a moment. But when you give your life, when you have a true conversion, a true soul being saved, Christ comes in you. This is just me. I think that you, not naturally, but supernaturally, want to do good. That's very true. You know, when you have an encounter with God, you're like, I, 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 man, I want to serve. I want to love on someone. I want to do something for God and, and to be able to do that. And so I think that, that, I know I'm talking a lot here, but just stay with me. I think sometimes Christians, they get influenced by, by other believers who have been saved for a long time, so they think, I've been saved for a long time, so I don't got to do nothing for God anymore. Hmm. Like, that's not even biblical. Like, you don't graduate for doing good works for God, okay? That, we do that till Jesus returns. And so, um, I want to talk about that, about how we do that. Now, in verse number 10, I know I'm talking a lot, I want you to oh, talk, no, honey. Keep going, I love it. Is, is in verse 10, we find ourselves, so Jesus says, you're saved. So say, I'm saved. Now, if you're not, we're going to have an opportunity in the service to give your, get saved and give your life to Jesus. But for now, say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Say, I'm going, to heaven. I'm going to heaven. But here's the question. Is heaven going to come through me on earth? Mm. That is the question that Paul will now flip on you. He's now saying, you're on your way to heaven. But the question is, will heaven come through you while you're on earth? Write this down. Legacy. Okay? Legacy. Every believer has two things. You have destiny and you have legacy. My destiny is my destination, which is heaven. But my legacy is not for, for heaven, it's for earth. It's what I leave behind me. It's when I die, will there be more of heaven on earth because of me and what I did for Christ. The goal, I'm gonna, one more thought and then I want you to interject here, honey. Get your thought ready, lock and load it. Okay. The goal for a believer to be careful, I'm going to say this real slow so you don't misinterpret what I'm saying. The goal for a believer is not to get to heaven. Okay, you're like, what are you talking about, Pastor? Once you get saved, your goal is not, I'm just trying to make it to heaven. You're saved, you're going to go to heaven. That's, true. That's not, I'm just trying to make it to heaven. Oh, mercy, I'm just trying to make it to heaven. No. The Bible says that when you receive Jesus, you are saved, you're going to go to heaven. Now the question is, for a believer, the goal is, how much heaven will I bring to earth? What do you think about that, honey? And I think that that's a very important question, and you started it with how much, mm -hmm. meaning that based on the level of freedom that you encounter yeah. in your life will give you the ability to fulfill 10%, 30%. Come on. 50%, Come on. 70%, Great. 
up to 100% of what God called you to. You know, I've often asked myself, at what percentage am I operating at in my calling and gift for the Lord? At what percentage am I free? At what percentage am I operating at a place where I can say I am free, I am delivered, I'm ready, God? Because let me tell you something, that when you're free and when you're delivered mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that you're able to step into unknown places, you're able to step into levels of faith, you're able to believe for unknown miracles, like you never have before. Why? Because you're free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed, which means that everything else that comes after your defeating thoughts, once you've been delivered from that, everything else is indeed in Christ. So, you know, ask yourself right now, say, you know what, how much heaven am I allowing to flow through me? Or how much is getting clogged up in the plumb line between me and the Lord and and, and, and my past or, or my, my fear or um, the, the, the things I went through when I was yep. younger or the past relationship or, oh, I'm not qualified to do anything for God because, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, in my first marriage, but now, you know, that I've been divorced and, you know, now I've been disqualified or now that I slipped up or I messed up or I fell, then, you know, and, and then what the devil wants you to do is, is to get entangled. And the vision I just got right now is someone that is just kind of stuck in their own spaghetti you know, and you're just trying to, you're trying to get yourself out right, of this, this spaghetti that it just keeps falling on you and keeps falling. And every time you try and you unleash, unleash one knot, another knot gets tightened up even more. And then you're wondering where this was it came, became attached to you and where this came from. And you know, that's what the enemy so wants to do to you. He doesn't mind you uh, 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 so much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't mind you uh, fulfilling a small percentage you know, as much as he would try to prevent you from fulfilling 100% of Come what on. God called you to. And that's what the enemy does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can't kill you, he will delay you. <laughs> he will delay you in every you area of your down. life. See, the devil knows he can't kill me. I'm, mm. I belong to God. But he can delay me because he can get me trapped in the snares of my past or overthinking Hello. or fear or doubt or rem- ruminating old things on, or, or thinking that I'm less you than or unworthy. Preach. Or, you know, uh, let me tell you something. And this is a true fact. And for those of you, you know, who, who maybe relate to me, you know, uh, give me a little mm. love up there. But, yeah. But... Anytime I step into something greater, anytime my next season of greater is about to come, anytime I'm about to go from glory to glory, the enemy will always try to strip me of my authority in Christ. Mm. He'll always make you double guess if you have authority in Christ. You don't really have authority because remember when? You're not really called to this. You don't really know how to say what you're about to say. You don't really want to step into that. This is something you're pushing yourself too hard to. You're not called to it because if you were called to it, then you'd be running towards it. No, sometimes you have to run afraid and and wide-eyed and trusting God into the things he has for your next because let me tell you, once you step there, you're going to say, I don't know what I'm going to say when I get there. I don't know how I'm going to be or what I'm going to do or how I'm going to feel, but by faith, because I'm free in Jesus' name and I trust God, I'm going to step into this. And let me yeah. tell you, the Lord will fill your mouth. The Lord will speak to you. Miracles will happen, miracles, signs, and wonders. You will see the glory of God through you. You know why? You know why? Because your humanity does not limit you. Your humanity does not limit God. Right. God is not limited by your humanity. When the Spirit of God flows through you, when you're operating at a higher level than yourself, then you see higher things than yourself happening Come on. in Jesus' name. So yeah. anyway, yeah. there you go. A little no, it's great. On that. Yeah, it's a great thought. I, I just wanted to interject. 
is, but I don't want to stop your flow there. You flow and preach, woman of God. Such a powerful word. You put some fire emojis on that. That was good. I was getting ministered to right there. Come on now. So um, I love what, what you said, where, you know, per, uh, percentage of your will. And I just brought up a scripture to my mind. And if you want to write this down, you're like, like, I don't know if that's biblical. Here's the verse. Romans chapter 12 in verse number two, the Bible says, and do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you hit it, yep. right? The spaghetti mind, the, yep. the ruminating, right? Yep. What's ruminating? Ruminating is like when a, when a cow eats grass and he's going, and you're like, chew the grass already. Okay, that's ruminating. We just ruminate on thoughts. It's like no, throw it's that when thought. when they swallow it, they bring it back up yeah, and they, they chew exactly, it again, They right? chew it again, yes. yeah. And that's what we Ruminating. do. Don't swallow old thoughts and bring it back up. That's gross. Okay, yeah. anyway. So Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. And then watch what the Bible says. Then you will be able to test and approve. Write down the word test and approve. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to test and approve what, the, what God's will is. And then there's a three. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Say the good will. The pleasing will and the perfect will. And so it is possible to live in the good will of God, but not live in the perfect will of God. Okay, now we could, we could talk about that for 30 minutes, okay? The good will of God versus the perfect will of God. There is the, what I call, what we call in, in theological terms, uh, shout out Freedom House Bible College Register for the fall, fall semester. But the, the biblical, in biblical terms, we call it the universal will of God. The universal will of God is we're all called to love, we're all called uh, to be saved, we're all called to have faith, we're all called to do good. That's the universal will of God. In other words, all of us are called to that. We're all called to serve, so you don't ever need to pray, Lord, should I serve? Lord, should I witness to my neighbor? Witness, okay? We're all called to evangelize, right? That's the, that's the universal, that's the good will of God. The perfect will of God is not it gets specific, so there's the specific will of God. That's where you say, God, am I called to this person? God, am I called to this place? God, am I called to this career? God, am I called to this area? That that is the specific, that's the perfect will of God, man. And, and I know what you're probably thinking, well, pastor, how do I get in the perfect will of God? That's between you and God. You got to get in your prayer room. You got to get in your fasting. You got to be like, God, what did you create me to do? Mm, so good. And in that, I want to slide in to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible says, for we are God's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus, perfect good work. So the Bible says that we're a master, I love how the New Living Translation says that we're a masterpiece. Here's what you need to know is that you got to recognize is that God has a specific will, perfect will of God for you. That's for nobody else. Okay, you are a masterpiece. Say, I'm a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. Say, I'm a piece of the master. I am a masterpiece, okay? Now, when God said you're a masterpiece, he's telling you that you weren't mass-produced. You were specifically designed. God didn't matter. I know there's other humans, but there's no other human just like you. So you weren't mass-produced. God said, okay, let's just mass-produce these humans. Robots, no. Is you were, you were specifically designed. You are, you are one of a kind, designer. There ain't never been one like you. There will never be another like you. You are in an OG. You are a masterpiece, okay? God designed you intricately and specifically. And if you don't believe it, let me give you three ways that you can understand there's no one like you. Number one is your thumbprint. Write that down, your thumbprint. Nobody else has fingerprints like you. 
Now, no one in the world has ever had fingerprints like you. No one will ever have fingerprints like you because you are one of a kind. Every person also has their own retina. No one has a, an eye retina like you. You ever seen the movies where they read their eye doo, 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 and the door opens, okay? is No one has an eye retina like you. And the third thing no one has is no one has a vocal cord like you. You have a unique vocal cord and all the mamas and the daddies know what I'm talking about because when you hear your baby cry, you go, that one's mine. Come on now, talk to me, right? They have their own, own vocal cord. So you have your own fingerprint, your own eye retina, and your own vocal cord. Write those three things down. Why? Because here's why. You have your own fingerprint because you were designed to leave your unique impact on the world. Not to be identified by a crime scene, but be identified by the impact you left for the glory of God. You left your fingerprints on this world. That's why I love the builders of our church. I'm talking about the givers and the ones who serve. Your fingerprints are all over Freedom House Church at the Fullerton campus, Costa Mesa campus, the online campus, and the campuses to come is you got your fingerprints all up on that stuff because you uh, you put your fingerprints on it. I love what Pastor Lane said one time. You know, the church is solid. We have an amazing dream team, but it would be so much better with you. If you would be part of the God's mission, man, this church would be so much better if everybody was making an impact for the glory of God. The second thing you have is an eye retina. Why? Because everybody has a unique vision. God gives you unique vision. God, you, there's things God wants you to see that he's shown nobody else. And Freedom House, the vision of Freedom House is big enough for a vision that you have within this church. There are so many things that we're going to do together for the glory of God. And the third thing God gives you is your unique vocal cord. Why? Because you have a unique voice. Only you can speak into certain people's lives that nobody else can speak to. Only you can actually share God's goodness in a certain sphere that nobody else can. can, can. And I'm praying that in this season, God raises up more people and raises up new voices in new spaces and places. And I'm not just talking about on a stage and in a church, you know, a pulpit. I'm talking about in places like the high rise. I'm talking about places like sports. I'm talking for more social media influencers. I don't know who that's for, but somebody, you're going to use your voice to lead more people to Jesus. You're going to write music. You're going to do something for the glory of God. Why? Because he gave you a unique voice to be able to make an impact. Someone say, I'm a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. So we need to recognize that when God made us that way, there's a reason for us to become who he called us to become. Yes, something you want to say, son? You know, I think it's so important. I feel, you know, in talking about uh, fulfilling our purpose and things like that, I, I feel that knowing that we're God's masterpiece is almost like the first level of Christianity. Because if you know who you are in Christ, it's, it's like f- trying to find, have you ever heard that little nursery rhyme where that little ducky is going around saying, are you my mother? And then he goes to the next, you know, the little ducky goes to the wolf, are you my mother? And then he goes to the chicken, are you my mother? Are you my-? And it's like, you know, God doesn't want us to be a lost ducky asking people if they're our mother, if, they're, if they I created us. I don't remember that nursery us. rhyme. You don't remember that? No, oh, they, I'm no, sorry. Okay. They told me, go to bed or let Yorona will get you. Llorona. I'm just joking. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <Llorona>. <laughs> so I was like, go to bed, don't get out. I'm that's, just joking. That was a Terrible. joke. All right, mom, if you're watching, you can tell me. I know, I love it. I'm sure good. Well, I'm having fun. I will read it to you I'm having tonight. fun. Okay, read it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so God yeah. doesn't want us looking around wondering if, if uh, there's someone else out there that, that created us or that has say mm, about us. And great. that just opens up such insecurity and opens up such unworthiness in, in a level that God doesn't even want you, your mind to go there. So if you know your worth in Christ, and this is a, something that I say to singles as well, and if you're single, I want you to lean in right now, is that knowing your worth is the first layer to knowing your purpose. See, if you know your worth, 
then you're not going around looking, asking if people love you or accept you or approve you. You're not this, right. this hurting uh, person seeking people right. instead of seeking right. God. When, when you know your worth, you go around looking for your purpose. You go around looking for who you're called yeah. to, your, your spouse and, and your future and your destiny. Those things, your destiny right. becomes the priority, not your worth. There's so many girls that are broken out there, so many young teens that are broken out there, and they're trying to find yeah. their worth, but they don't realize that they're a master piece created in the image yes. of God mm -hmm. and that they don't have to go around looking for guys to love them and approve of them or accept them in any way. You got to know who you right. are in Christ. You got to get that done. You got to get that settled. You got to get healed of whatever abandonment or, or pain or distress or abuse that you went through and go through the hard work to do it. Go through Christian counseling. Seek mentorship. Uh, uh, go to a connect group. Um, attend these Bible studies. Get, get the word of God filled in you. Say, I no, I am God's handiwork. I am his masterpiece. Come on. There's only one of me. And if there's only yep. one of me, then that means there must be a purpose that only I can fulfill. And then that leads you on to a journey to fulfilling that in Christ. So yeah. I'm not looking around asking if, if I'm worthy yeah. to some other human being. Mm. I'm around asking, Lord, what is my purpose? Because I know you created me yeah. and I am worthy of you right. because of your blood that you shed on Calvary that washed all my sins away, that is given me new life, that has given me destiny, that has got yeah. my eyes focused, that has healed my heart, and is able to take me to where I need to go. So your worth, yes, your yes. worth is in Christ. But listen, if you know your worth, then you'll chase after your destiny. Absolutely, you won't sell yourself short. If, you're gonna, if, you, if you and I are going to do something powerful, God, powerful for God, we must view ourselves as a one of a kind. You've so got to view yourself. So you're going to do something powerful. You've got to. Yes. If not, you view, well, you know, somebody else will do it. No, there's only one of you, okay? And I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, well, I'm a jacked up. I'm pretty jacked up, though. Okay, listen. I like to write this. Write this down. You're a messy masterpiece. You're a messy masterpiece, mm. even though it's a little squibbly. And the best analogy I can give you is uh, one time my wife, she wanted to, to see the, uh, we like, um, the uh, theater. We like Phantom of the Opera and all oh, that, you know. Fancy. Yeah. So when we went, we went to New York one time Broadway. and um, for our our anniversary, and we watched the Broadway like morning and night, basically as much as we could go, you know. <laughs> and so it's like, we yes. like Broadway. It's a lot I of fun. I love it. I love and Broadway. So, um, he took me. God yeah, bless it was him. awesome. So we went to go watch a uh, the Broadway. <laughs> of goes, you mean they're going to be singing the, the whole time? time? I'm like, yes. Cool. Awesome. I can't wait for intermission. Just joking. So, <laughs> the, you know, the Broadway. I love it. But we went to Broadway. In the next building over, they had all of these expensive paintings. And so we went to go check them out. And when I went to go check them out, I'm going to be honest. Some of these paintings, they were like, are you kidding me? That's worth a million dollars? It looked like my daughter Zara painted that. Come on. You know I mean? No offense to people that are She's like, great. oh, my goodness, <laughs> you are offending my, my paint." History, I don't know what the term is, you know, but some of these paintings look like, are you joking? That painting's worth a million dollars, you know? It's like a little squibbly and stuff. And here's the point. The thing is, what makes that painting so beautiful is the, is the painter that painted it. Picasso, can I tell you who painted you? Can I, can I talk to you about for a moment of who painted you? 
And I don't care what someone else says. I don't like the way that, let me tell you something, the greatest painter of all time, it wasn't Pablo Picasso. It wasn't anybody else. It was God Almighty. And he made you a one of a kind. And you are worth millions. Forget millions. You're worth the blood of the son of Jesus Christ. And he loves you in Jesus' name. You got to tell someone, I am a masterpiece yes, painted by Almighty God. That's right. Even after right. the divorce, even after yeah, the come abuse, on. Yes. even after everything All of it. I'm a messy through. masterpiece. You're a messy masterpiece. You God know, is after good. my failures, after Thank my hurt, Lord. after my abuse, God after so all good. of it, mm. you're right. But you want to know what causes us to view ourselves, and let's talk about this. What time is it? We got plenty of time. Okay. Here, here, here's what causes us, I think, to not view ourselves as a masterpiece. I'm going to say the word, and you're going to go, ooh, then I want you just to go for it. Comparison. Ooh. See, I told you. <laughs> we compare our painting yeah. with someone else's. And we yeah. think, my painting doesn't look like their painting. My world is framed differently. But if you would just recognize that it's beautiful and it's right. powerful, you do it. The problem with that, and I love your analogy with that on the painting, is that uh, sometimes we can compare someone else's nearly finished painting with our beginning stages Great point. of our painting. Great point. Sometimes we can look at it. It's not that they're better than us. It's that maybe they've been, mm -hmm. the, the master has been painting a little longer <laughs> on, their, on their picture or, uh, you know, different colors or uh, different strokes, different, um, different picture coming about. And we can really get caught up and saying, mm. you know, they're, I love what they have. Look at all they have. But you don't see all the stages that they went through to get to that place. And, you know, talking about legacy as well, yeah. and I'm kind of jumping into Go that. Ahead. But, um, you know, I'm going to just be completely transparent because that's all I know how to be. Mm -hmm. But there was a time where I was comparing myself to another person. And I was like, man, you know, she has this, she has that. Come on, I'm going to be real tonight, okay? Please. I'm not going to act like I've never had that thought before. That's a real, this is real. And uh, I believe that's the only way to get healed is if we could be real with one another. And I was like, man, you know, how come, you know, she gets to have this and I don't have that. Or it's so hard for me to do this. And it looks so easy for her. And, you know, God, why did you, you know, and then the Lord quickened me and, and said, what you're sowing right now is what your daughters will be able to live in later. Right. Where I'm comparing myself to someone who has sowed, someone who was part of generations of their parents sowing and sowed into her life and sowed into her future and sowed into her calling. And I'm seeing the fruit of legacy. I'm seeing the fruit of every, every prayer that's been put over her life and everything. And I'm seeing all these things and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that for my daughter. I'm not going to compare myself with someone else's inheritance Great. or someone else's legacy or so, what, what, what blessings have been trickled down to her or over to her. I'm not going to compare. I'm going to rejoice mm. and be thankful because I'm going to do the hard work to leave a legacy for my daughters. And I pray to God that there's people out there that are going to rejoice seeing my daughters blessed and the legacy that my husband and I leave behind for them, my right. sons and my daughters. So don't compare yourself to other people that have different stories, different journeys, different things that they've experienced in life. You know what? I'm going to tell you a secret how to get more blessed. You want to know how to get more blessed? Is by blessing people more. Great. You want to be more blessed? Yeah. Then bless people more. Right. Rejoice 
with them more. Come Cheer on. them on more. Be there for them more. Support yep. their dream more. And yeah. you know, with women, sometimes we get really stuck comparing. Feisty. And we could get, yeah, we get feisty. We get really stuck comparing. And you know, the Lord showed me something is that, you know, we need less, less women competition. What we need is we need more midwives. We need more, more women that can be there for other women to help birth the thing that God has placed inside of them. And if you have a midwife mentality, you're there to serve, you're there to love, you're there to be attentive to their needs, you're there to tell them, come on, it's time to birth that thing that God placed inside of you. Cheering on. people on, loving them. And guess what? They're going to turn around, they're going to do the same thing for you. And better, they're going to do the same thing for your daughters as well. That's right. Be a midwife. Absolutely. Yeah. So good, honey. And, uh, you know, comparison, back to that thought, the number one way to ruin something good is to compare it to something else. You want to ruin something good, compare it to something else, you'll automatically ruin it. They say comparison is the thief of joy. As soon as you compare it, it'll rob your joy. Because it's, it, it's not even the same journey as someone else. So don't compare your painting. It's actually scriptural. And I, I have the verse here. The Bible says this in uh, 2 Corinthians um, chapter number 10. Here's what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. The Bible says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone, with, with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. And so the Bible says that comparison is not wise. It's foolish because comparison will lead you to sin. It always does. Here are the three levels of comparison. Let me teach for a minute here. If you compare yourself with someone that you're doing better than, it always leads you to pride. So if you compare yourself with someone that you're doing better than, it leads you to pride. Second, if you compare yourself with someone who's doing better than you, it always leads you to depre depression. You get discouraged. So if you compare yourself, write these down, with someone who's doing better than you, it leads you to discouragement. And then the third level is if you compare yourself with someone who's doing equal as you, it leads you to complacency. So comparison is never good. It'll lead you to pride, discouragement or complacency. It's not biblical. It's not wise. Don't compare or your despair. Stay in your lane. Stay focused. Let God build you. Celebrate someone else. Good for you. Good on you. Be a midwife, fellas. We can't really be a midwife. So just be a mid, be a mid dude. Be like, bro, you are crushing it. Bro, you are. And let me tell you, if you can't celebrate somebody else, that, that's, that's, that's insecurity. And let me put it to you. I've always said this. Pay very careful attention to who is silent when you're succeeding. Anybody who's silent when you're succeeding was never for you. People that are your real friends, they will celebrate you when you're succeeding. When they're silent and you're succeeding, they're haters. Let them drink their haterade. Let, let them just go crazy with their own mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with those who can celebrate me, and I celebrate other people. They won't even like your picture when you did something good. That's cool. But yeah, you, but yeah I know you've seen it, but you don't like it. When you know it's something. Oh, I'm messing with people now, huh? Come on, somebody, right? No. You know, you just scroll right through it. Like, come on, like a, like a, like a light cost you money or something. Just like the picture. Say, good for you. Be like, like, I don't know. She got a man. I'm not happy for her. Be happy for her. You know, I know who she really is. She, you know, be happy for her. We got a promotion. Got a job. Got a car. They graduated. Just put a like on it. You know what I mean? It don't cost you no money. Man. So we're, people are so insecure, they can't even celebrate each other. Yep. You know, and then, so again, that's all has to do with comparison. You know, another sneaky place what? where we compare. What? And it's very dangerous when you compare in this place. I'm going to tell you right now what it is. You can compare your marriage. Mercy of God. 
You can compare your marriage and you could compare in your marriage. I'll start with in your marriage. You could compare saying, oh, my husband, you know, he's, he's making more money than me. My husband, you know, he makes more friends than I do. My husband, he's better at this. And then, and then he could look, oh, my wife, she's, she's you know, crushing yeah. it in this area. And she's so secure and I'm so insecure and I can't stand that about her. And she always wants to be with her family and I can't stand my family and I don't understand that. And, you know, sometimes you can compare yeah, go, go. With your spouse. Good. And what Good. comparison does is it brings competition in a place where there should not be competition. Mm. Nope. Come there on. should be, com we, we, we complete one another. We're a team. Celebrate. We don't fight yeah. place, uh, face to face. We fight back to back. That's right. And the enemy would love to drive a wedge of comparison based on insecurity so in the good. one relationship that God has brought such a union and blessing over. And don't let mm. the enemy rob your marriage because you guys are comparing each other's successes between one another. No, his success is my success. My success is his success. When he goes higher, guess what? I'm going with him. When I go higher, guess what? He's coming with me. You know why? Because we're not two parts. We are one. Come on. And yeah. to... To put him down or to self-sabotage would be to self, to, uh, but to put him down or sabotage him would be to self-sabotage myself. And a, comparis a comparative marriage, a competitive marriage is not a marriage that's going to yield you blessings later on. You Come want on. a blessed marriage. You want a yeah. fruitful marriage. Right, right. You want an honest marriage. Right. You want a holy marriage. And you've got to keep that clean and clear. You've got to cheer your husbands on, ladies. Yes. I'm going to talk to all the married women right now. You've got to cheer your husband on. Come be on his number one cheerleader be yeah. the one that says you know what babe you can do it I believe in you and listen I want to beat everybody else to the punch to tell my husband that I love him that he's amazing that he could do anything that God called him to do that he puts his heart and mind to Come I want to be the person to do Come it on. and if I'm caught up in comparison yeah. and complejos and all those yeah, yeah. insecurities then you know what I'm going to want him keeping I want to I'm going to want him I'm going to want to keep him down to my yeah. lowest thoughts put a lid on it yeah and you know going back to comparison it's comp competition you know it's it's terrible it's competition we, we need to stop that so and I, I agree and guys do the same you need to build up your wife build yeah. up your wife you know you, you know make sure that you are speaking life into who she is a strong man is not afraid of a strong woman and so don't try to keep her small don't try to keep her in a certain area you build up the gift of God that is inside of her and as she rises you rise the when you lift up your wife the, the tide of your house rises all of you guys go up. Lift up your children, parents. Come on. If you're if you have friends, lift up your friends. Encourage each other, man. We got enough people against us. Why? Why? I don't need another one. Come on. Just so help, help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's be. Let's encourage each other. Let's encourage yourself at home. Encourage your family in Jesus' name. Comparison will kill it all. Here's the last thought I want to say about comparison. I think we're all out of time here, but here's this. You need to know this. Okay, you're a masterpiece. That. You're not better than anyone else, but you're also not less than anyone else. Say it again. You're not better than anybody else, but you're also not less than anybody else. So don't walk around thinking everybody else is better than you. I stink. I suck. No. You, you be who you are. Be secure in who you are, the way God made you. And one of the greatest ingredients of, the greatest, of, of great leaders is being secure. I'm secure in Christ. I know who God made me to be. I'm in my lane. And that's, that's, that's how I, I want to be. You know, when I, obviously in what I do here in ministry, what I do at Freedom House, I can say this with all humility. There is no other church on the planet like Freedom House. Not because we're better than anyone else or we're less than anyone else. It's because 
We're, one, we're unique. We're one of a kind. Josiah Silva, when I preach, it's one of the most vulnerable things to do. When we minister, because you're like, did I do good, better, as good as somebody else? Forget all that. There's only one Josiah Silva, one Marie Silva. There's only one you. You be the best version of you. When it's all said and done, God's going to say, did you pour it out? He's not going to compare you to somebody else. You be you, and God cannot bless a duplicate. He can only bless the original version. He can only bless when someone's willing to say, God, I want to be the original version that you've called me to be and to add to this world exactly how you designed me in Jesus mighty name. Come on somebody, give God a hand clap. Ain't God good? You know, I just Go want ahead, one more thing to Please, add to add that. It. Throw that it in I, the pot. I feel I think might help somebody right now. Uh-huh. And that is where you're saying being the best version of yourself yeah. does not mean abandoning a portion of yourself. Good. Meaning don't don't abandon a part of your life, a season in your life that maybe you're not proud of. In order to be the best version of yourself, God right. needs all of it to work that thing. He works Messy it masterpiece. and works it and works it for good. I used to think, you know, subconsciously, I would think, oh, you know, God wants to use me and I'm the best version of myself, but I was abandoning a portion of myself yeah. that God wanted to keep in the equation because that person, even though I may not have been proud at that moment or that thing in my life, that part of me is what has made me who I am today in Christ. I needed to be renewed, renewing my mind from that place, not abandoning it because if I abandoned it, then I never get to be renewed from it. Come on. So when you walk into places, Walk confidently, but not with a portion of you, not with just the good parts of you, but with all of you. And that's going to give you such boldness. That's going to give you such security. And that's going to give you ownership of who you are in Christ. So good. In Jesus' name. You know, I always find something that you mentioned that we're going to keep doing this all night. Uh We're going to keep going. Come on, somebody. (laughs) We have a Bible study, y'all. Come on now. Then we're going to pray for people. Yes, yes, I feel we need to pray for people. Amen. Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried. He's bleeding. He's pierced. Mm. But he rises again. Yes. And the Bible says that when he appears to the disciples, he is transformed. There's a glow to him. Mm. But the only thing Jesus left on his body from the cross was his scars. Why? Because his scars were reminders of what he overcame. He left his scars because scars tell stories of what I survived. Scars tell stories. I feel like throwing (laughs) oil on the screen right now. Scars tell stories of what I survived. That's right. That means that when the Holy Spirit rose Jesus from the dead, that Jesus was like, no, leave the scars so that they can know that I've been through some stuff. And if I can go through some scars, I can also survive and go to, and I'm telling some of you, what makes your masterpiece so powerful are the scars you survive that you can tell the world. I had some moments that I thought I was gonna die, but God resurrected me and I got the scars to tell the story of how good what God healed you and watch God move in your life. Come on, let's pray for some people, honey. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.